All right. I think we're officially on. No music we this are time. live. <laughs> Hopefully the audio sh- shouldn't sound like a big dog. Of shouldn't shit. sound like we have pillows over our faces. <laughs> yeah. We literally went from trying to use the Mac computer to just simply plugging the headsets into the phone and it should sound better hopefully it sounds better on your end we tested that a couple times so it should be sound better on our side so hopefully it sounds better for y'all we get enough complaints <laughs> about how shitty the audio that's been has the number been. one complaint <laughs> and we're trying we're learning all on the go so uh hopefully this is a little bit better of a listening experience compared to the last few times so um we're learning as we kind of go through this process but y'all are gonna have to fill the bumps in the road with us exactly uh <laughs> I know me, like Kaylee was talking to me the first few times. She was talking, kind of complaining how shitty the audio uh-huh. was. And I was like, I'm just, we just got to start. Like, if it, start it. If we just got to start doing it. And if, if it's it's not perfect to start off with, it is what it is. We'll improve it as the as we go through the whole entire thing. So um, hopefully it sounds a little bit better on you guys. Uh, well, we officially have announced the Hurricane Open. The Hurricane Open has been announced. The questions have been rolling in. Yeah. Okay. Did you get any questions yesterday? Uh, I got a couple questions. Uh, a couple people were kind of asking... Um, if, well, not a couple people, but a few people that are doing the open for the real deal open, uh, they're kind of asking along okay. the lines if they're going to have to do that workout with our workout. Um, and so that was probably one of the biggest questions I've gotten so far. Uh, does that make sense? Like people who actually signed up from the open on CrossFit headquarters? Yes. How many people were at, did, other than Crystal, who was else? Uh, Crystal was asked, asked, no, Lucas is out here to ask. Okay. Um, Lucas Burke or Lucas, Lucas LaCour? LaCour? Okay, yeah, because Lucas um, LaCour is doing it. And then I know, I'm sure like Christian and all them are probably going to want to do the open okay. too, so I'm sure they're all kind of curious about that also. I mean, um, yeah, they shouldn't have to because of the fact that, now it just, it depends on a little bit what division they sign up for, right? Mm-hmm. So if, let's say maybe, Crystal signs up for the intermediate division and she wants to try to do the workout prescribed for the real open. For the real open, she would have to do the workout technically twice. twice. Yes. The, the, so one for her open score that would go into, you know, the website on crossa.com mm-hmm. and then obviously she'd have to do the workout in the intermediate, intermediate version of our, our workout, open. right? So okay. um, that was one question some people have had is you know, if a workout comes out and I can do the RX version, can I do it RX? You can, but it won't count towards your team score. You'll have to do the workout again and do it in the intermediate version. version. So whatever division you sign up for, that is the workout that you, that you ha- you're required to do for your score to be inputted into it, right? So you can't necessarily jump up or go down a division. You have to Just do that exact way workout. The movement. Yeah. And like, for instance, like Angela had a good question. She, go, she was saying like, for instance, she does... A good amount of workouts in blue and purple, but she can't do maybe some of the higher level gymnastic pieces. In, yeah, like pull ups or toe to bar or anything mm-hmm. like that. So what would I recommend for her? And it's it's really your call. You can more than welcome to because we're not gonna control of what CrossFit headquarters puts out. There's more than likely a chance, a high chance, that they're going to give a workout that's going to have pull-ups or toe bars or bar muscle-ups, things like that. One of those three or probably a very high likelihood that's going to come out. And you're more than welcome to do the workout. And once you get to that pull-up or toe-to-bar portion, sit there and try to do it until yeah, the AMRAP runs out. Just or like the old school open. Like the old school open, right? 
And so you're more than welcome to maybe give yourself an extra challenge. And maybe I've seen it happen before where, you know, somebody started the workout, never been able to do a pull-up. And because they ended up getting their first one. Now, because it's the <laughs> open, now there's a little more skin in the game. They got their first pull-up. Or the I first will say that's slip. probably the coolest thing about the open. Is yeah. It does push people to get their first something, whatever it may be, their toe to bar, their pull-up. Um, maybe it's their first bustle-up or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So I do think that's one thing that does make you kind of push outside of your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely for the people that haven't done the open or haven't experienced that, I think that's going to be a fun time for yeah. them to kind of kind of have that experience and kind of see what that's like. So yeah. um, definitely excited <clears throat> to see some of the newer people that haven't done the open get to try that out. So that was her question. And like I said, it's, it's really her call and, and, and whatever your choice is, is know that, you know, blue and purple, just like we do here, is probably going to have some either like a total bar option or a pull-up option. So you might be able to do the loads in that, but you might lack the gymnastics thing. So you could either bump yourself and go down to the scale division and do like the orange yellow variation of what that workout would be. Um, Cause more likely we'll do like, either like a supine row or something as a mm-hmm. substitution to the pull ups. Uh, or you can say, Hey, I'm gonna give myself a challenge in, you know, do the workout and whatever happens to comes out, I'll just do all that when it comes out, happens. you know, cause we, I, every year somebody thinks, like, oh, CrossFit headquarters has got to be emailing you the workouts and telling you, I have no Dude, idea. Everybody thinks that. Everybody, like, seriously thinks that we know the workouts. And I'm like, we have no idea. Like, even the people that broadcast the Open that you're going to watch on Thursdays, they probably don't know that workout until maybe, like, an hour before it Supposedly, they don't. Supposedly, there's only, you know, those interconnections of those people who work at CrossFit headquarters who know the workout. And that supposedly the athletes that show up, they don't find they out don't the workout know until we find out the workout at the same time. Uh, but every year somebody swears that I know what the workout's going to be. Well, it never fails also. Like something we do in that week is going to be put in. More workout. than likely. Never fails, man. That's the hardest part about programming during the open is, especially like that Wednesday and that Tuesday, mm-hmm. is I don't want to program a shitload of pull-ups or thrusters. And then sure because enough, that Friday is thrusters and pull-ups, out. right? Yeah. And so... That's the that's the tougher part about programming during that week is because I have no idea what's gonna be thrown out for that Friday. And the same thing for that Saturday workout post is I might have typically a workout that I want to do, but if we if I program deadlifts for Saturday and then all of a sudden Friday's workout has a, a lot of deadlifts and I have to make adjustments. And so <clears throat> also just be aware we said this I think believe in the last podcast is if you know if something comes out that cross headquarters puts out that in my opinion, is maybe something that we can only run small amount of people of heats with. We'll have to make adjustments to that workout as well. Yeah. Because, you know, realistically, logistically wise, you guys don't want to come in here for run heats three two. hours yeah. for you to get a workout in. So if it has something like barbell overhead walking lunges, which they did one year, we only could do like four people at a time, which was a nightmare. nightmare. We'll make that adjustment as needed. Okay. Uh-huh. Or if... You know, whatever the workout is, if we feel like we need to structure it differently, we might have to do that. So that is always a kind of an, an asterisk there that... Um, so that might be something for those people that are going to be doing the open to be aware of also. Be aware of that. that we might have to make changes. So, um, But it's your call. Uh, obviously, the hoping is that the fact that it, we won't have to make those changes and you guys can do exactly the wor- way the workout is written and you don't have to do the workout twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Also, any of you guys who potentially, we haven't really put this out there yet, is who maybe are like, no, that's not really my thing. I'm not really interested in doing it. We still would love to have some volunteers for that Saturday in-person competition we plan on doing here at the gym, the Parker Mm -hmm. style workouts, because we're going to need judges. We need judges, yes. Ideally, we're looking to have the sweet spot between 20 and 30 judges. Mm Because ideally, we're going to run heats of about 10 teams. So roughly, if we can do 
a group of judges do hudging heat one, and then the next group of judges group two, heat two, two and then kind of like steady yeah, we basically on. go back and forth from heat to heat. That would be an ideal thing. So if potentially you're somebody who's not very interested in doing it or like partner style work, workouts aren't really your thing, then definitely give us a shout out. Like if you still want to be involved with the process, definitely come reach out to me or Kel. We'll also probably have a sign-up sheet at the front desk. Kind of get you uh, a little sign-up yeah. sheet going on. And we'll have obviously a day that you guys come in and we'll talk about details of the workouts and, and, and you know equipment swaps and, and things of that nature. So if that's something, uh-oh. If that's something that you guys are interested in doing, nice catch. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen that. <laughs> With one arm. Just put it down there. Okay. <laughs> uh, definitely let us know, and that way we can get signed up for that. Okay. Uh, well, your uh, your football team's moving on for a My football week. team's moving on. We got the 49ers going on to the second round. By the time this comes out, you, we'll probably already know the results of this. Y'all, y'all know the result most What's likely. your Super Bowl prediction? My Super Bowl prediction? Oh, man, it's a tough one. You put me on the spot. Um, to be honest, I really think the Chiefs are going to make it. I think the Chiefs are going to go. Okay, so who? first off, who's, who do you think is going to make it? Two teams, AFC, NFC. AFC, NFC. I'm going to go... You got Chiefs, obviously, I'm AFC side. <sighs> NFC. Man, NFC's tough because my team's in there. Um, can't be biased. You actually have I to I can't be biased. Uh, to be honest, I really and truly think... I think the Packers, they have a special year going on. So I think it's going to be Quick Chiefs Packers. Quick clicking your damn I know, Chiefs Packers. <laughs> That's Chief, what I'm going Okay, Chiefs, Chiefs Packers. Packers, I probably have to concur. Winner? Uh, winner? That's another bias. I really like me some Aaron Rodgers. Um... I'm gonna go Packers. I'm gonna go Packers. I'm gonna be on the same page. If you'd have asked me before I asked you, I was gonna say the same thing. Same thing. I feel like the Chiefs have kind of hit their stride at the right time. Right time. And I'm, I'm, I think the Packers are probably the best on paper. Anything can happen. I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers win another one. That's my because the guy's been so good. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, man, it's tough because, like I said, those Chiefs, man, everybody's been counting them out all year, you know, and they're because oh, they lost five games, six games, like. Just they have to be right. They have to be hot. If they're hot, they're going to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I kind of think is happening right now. I think they're just hot at the right time. Uh, but I would really like to see my 49ers get in there. I'd like to see the Bengals get into the AFC Championship I think, game. I, I think they can beat the Titans. Um, is is Derrick Henry still he's playing? Back. He's back. He's okay. back, apparently. How long has he been? I don't know he's even out. He's been out for a while, like a long time, I want to say. I think he only played like the first five or six games. Um, then he got out. So apparently they have another little – their backup, though, is apparently – Kind of like a 2.0 type of deal, though. Oh, really? Yeah, he's pretty. He's not as good as Derrick Henry, but he's a big guy. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. Tennessee's been hot, too, though. I mean, they've really – they had a lot of injuries. I think they had, like, their two or three. Like, Julio Jones was out. I think A.J. Brown's out also. Um, and Derrick Henry. And they still managed to be the number one seed. So, yeah. they're tough. They're tough. Okay. Um, I still think the Chiefs got it, though. All right. We'll see. Uh so we guess we'll how the prediction plays out after this weekend. Yeah, next podcast you'll hear me cry most likely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, main topic we really wanted to talk about or jam on today is the question of intensity versus volume, right? So I guess before we really kind of break that down into more detail is <clears throat> kind of defining both of those pieces first. Mm-hmm. So like how will you define intensity, right, is – Obviously, the intention of how much effort you're putting into that particular session, right? And it's it's pretty straightforward. The higher the volume goes, the less intensity you can have, right? Like, for instance, if you were to go run 10 miles compared to one mile, that the intensity is going to be a lot differently on how you would attack that compared to, and obviously, vice versa, the more intensity that is involved, the less volume then then can be accumulated Mm -hmm. at the same time. And, you know, which one is more important than the other. 
you know? And so that's kind of a question that we get sometimes is, should I do more? Should I do more? Should I do more? And just like with most questions, it's kind of if, maybe. 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 It depends on what your goals are, right? Uh, I think for 95 to 99% of you guys, intensity is going to be the primary tool in the tool bag compared to volume. For sure. I definitely think that for most people, especially that are just having like that hour in their day, mm-hmm. like if you, this is your one hour at the gym, um, I definitely think that the intensity is going to be your biggest factor. Yes. Um, for sure. Um, because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you're coming in here and, and if you're just coming in here to move and get your sweat on, that's one thing. And you know, you do, you think. Um, but I think if you're really trying to see results and trying to reach your goals, uh, if you have one hour, you kind of have to go ham. You kind of have to go ham. You kind of have to pick that intensity up. Um, because I think if you're just going through the motions, yeah, you're going to burn some calories. Yeah, you're going to get a nice little sweat. But at the end of the day, I don't know if you're going to reach your goals as fast as somebody that was going hard or going a little bit faster in those workouts. Well, how many people we know, like, well, I'm in the gym for two hours a day. And you, if you're a fly on the wall, it's like, okay, well, you're in the gym for two hours a day, but you maybe only do 20 minutes worth of work. How much actually working sets are you doing? Exactly. Like how much intention is actually involved in that two hours? Like how much intensity is being involved? And depending on where you are in your fitness journey, I guess defining, if I come from somewhere where maybe working out even twice a week is a big deal, right? Like eventually layering in more volume will be beneficial, right? So, it, there is, it's an if then statement, depending on most of you guys really, you know, I'll say probably a good, what do you say? Probably 70, 80% of you guys probably come in at least a minimum three times a week, if not yeah, more. I sure. would say I, the ideal standpoint, in my opinion, is five times a week is ideal. I think in my opinion, mm-hmm. where you come in every single, like those five times of the week with good intention of coming in and attacking the workout with the best of your abilities that day. Right, like not every single day you're going to feel your best, but you give whatever you can that particular day as much energy as you can give for that particular session, five times a week. And I think that's plenty of volume for ninety nine percent of people, with maybe layering in one to two extra credit pieces or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I think would be the most ideal situation for most of you guys. Now, if you're somebody who's only maybe working out twice a week, the goal is to add in more volume. Yes. Right. And that could be potentially maybe starting with those two sessions that you actually come. Yes. In increasing the intensity in those sessions, but also slowly layering in more volume over those weeks and months coming. Right. So let's say maybe somebody coming in to the gym who has never really worked out in their life, you know, three times a week is a big commitment. Right. Sure. And compared to coming in five or six times a week would be an astronomical task for somebody for starting. And usually what I tell people is just set a goal for the next three months, 90 days to come in three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, whatever that goal or whatever your your schedule can allow. Once you've got that habit built for three solid months, then start layering in a fourth session, right? Then do that one for 90 days and layer in a fifth session. Then you're trying to build upon what you have. Exactly. And you do that. So, you know, it's going to take you some, close to a year to build up to five to six times a week. For sure. And then once that volume is established, you know, then you can maybe layer in a little bit of the extra credit in afterwards. But also during that process, 
also being intentional with those sessions, right? Because it's one thing to come in here for three times a week and go through the motions. And it's one thing to come here three times a week and work your butt off, attack it yeah. and with intensity and, and intention throughout it. And one conversation me and Lacey had the other day was, I think Sydney was sitting there, sitting there right there as well. The level method I think is a great, great thing, but the con to it to a degree is I think some people get pigeonholed into doing a certain color. So perfect example, I'm not going to say a name. Somebody yesterday, for instance, their color told them to run 200 meters. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were running 200 meters in about a minute and 15 seconds. That's a long time. Okay. This is, so we're referring to the run back squat workout. Run back squat workout. Just so okay. we're so it's a three minute AMRAP, you run 400 meters, you come in time and you have max back squats. Okay. Um, and, for instance, she was running her 200 meter because that's what Love Method told her, so she was following the deal. Um, but she was finishing about a minute 15, okay? So she comes yeah. inside and I'm like, okay, next round I want you to run 300 meters. And that rocked her world, okay? She was like, there's no if way. She's listening to this right now, she's like, oh my Probably. God. She's he like, oh, he's gonna say my name. I'm not gonna say your name. Um, but she was like, oh my God, 300 meters is so far. I don't know if I've ever done that before. And I'm like, it's okay. By the time you ran your 200, I definitely think you can get that 300 meter mm -hmm. done. Um, and so she runs 300 meters, okay? Definitely a little more gas, okay? Because sure. she's not used to it. Um, but at the end of the workout, she now she knows that she can run 300 meters, okay? And she can kind of get out of that comfort zone. And maybe instead of doing orange, now she knows, hey, maybe I'm a blue runner now, okay? Mm -hmm. She can kind of get dabble out of there. Um, I guess you can kind of feed on that a little bit, but I would say that's kind of something that people kind of need to get out of their comfort zone, just here and there. Well... Like you said, I mean, if she's always running the orange variation, right, of 150, 200 meters, and she never tests the waters in blue, mm -hmm. then she has already put the blinders on, well, I'm just orange runner. Like, anytime I see run, that's orange. Yes. Right? And your body's going to adapt the sentence that you give it after so long. And the only way to see more, break through that plateau and improve your fitness, right, or improve your body composition is you have to start layering in more intensity, right? Because, I mean, you technically could layer in more volume. I'm not going to say you can't, but also to be realistic, you guys only have X amount of hours in the day that you can give. And so what's a more realistic standpoint is you're already here, so you might as well layer in more intensity, not more time. Time. And so instead of, like you said, running the 200 meters, run 300 meter meters. Now we're adding in more intensity into our workouts. Run, yeah. Or if I always do the blue version of the, or the blue version of the deadlift, I'm always going to get that same stimulus every single time. If I want to get stronger and get into that purple variation of the deadlift, I'm going to have to start to dabbling into, into that. that. Yeah. Sure. And so one question that I've gotten before in the past is, well, I want to get stronger, but I don't want to miss out on the stimulus of the workout. Right. So I don't want, if the, if you guys are calling for me to, finish this workout in 15 minutes and I try to do the purple deadlift weight, I know this workout's gonna take me 25 minutes to finish. And I don't wanna be five minutes behind everybody in class. Well, let's say for instance, I'm doing, we're doing 20 deadlifts at, let's say the purple weight's 95 pounds and you're trying to get stronger and you wanna do 115 pound deadlift for the purple weight. Instead of doing 20, you might do 15 or 12 or 10. Lower the reps down. Lower the reps down to meet the stimulus, but also you're then from there increasing the load that you normally, that you normally wouldn't do. For sure. Right? So you're kind of, 
in a way you're, you're kind of going, you're bridging the gap between blue and purple, right? You're kind of caught between those you're two between colors right now. You're not full blown purple, but yeah. you're too, a little bit too advanced for that blue variation. And don't think that, that you're, time. don't really think that you're cheating. No. <laughs> as long as you're honest and say, I'm doing 12 or 15 reps yes. and I'm trying to get stronger, nobody else cares. Just don't say you did it RX. Yeah. <laughs> or did, I did the purple version of the workout when you didn't do it. But that's a way for you to match the stimulus while layering in more intensity by getting stronger, right? And you do that for, let's say, maybe six weeks, eight weeks, where you feel like you need that stint of what you need to adapt to that. And then you start layering in, I'm going to start doing the full volume now, Yeah. right? I think a lot of times with a lot of things is we see the end point, and this is where we are currently. Like, so we're at point A, we're trying to get to point B. And we see like how far away we are. You're like, well, there's no way I can do that. Right? It's too far away. We got so I'm just gonna stay at point A. And it's just like, well, let's bridge the gap between. Let's get to halfway between A, point A, and point B, and camp out there for a few weeks. And start then, chipping away. And at still it. chipping away, and like gradually working our way there instead of trying to jump directly from A to B. For sure. Right. I think that's where the kind of the misunderstood standpoint is: is that people. They feel so far away from the next color, maybe that they get pigeonholed into that one color. And it's like you can kind of kind of go and bridge the gap between the two and do some less volume of the reps to go heavier with the weight that day. That's fine. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, I think people get so caught up in like, oh, my God, it's going to take me forever to get to that color. But if you don't try and we don't actually put in the work to get to purple, mm-hmm. you're literally, literally never going to. Like, exactly. I mean, it, that is the, that's the fact. Um, and so I think that you do have to get outside. Like, how many times do you walk past somebody on a rower, okay, that row the same pace mm-hmm. no matter the workout? It could be a 10-minute workout or it could be a 30-minute workout. And they're going to row a two-minute pace no matter the situation. Yes. Um, and so you just have to get outside of that comfort zone. Yeah, it's going to hurt and now it's not probably going to be uncomfortable. But that's how you are going to get better. Well, like I said the other day, me, Sydney, and Lacey were all talking about this. And Sydney had that same exact example, right, where she always rode – this certain pace, right? And one of her weak points is the machines, right? She's mm-hmm. not anatomically built to be a great rower or a great biker, right? She just has a smaller frame. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, just like with anything, she can still improve. She might never be the best rower, but, but she, she can still get better for where she is currently. Absolutely. And like she said is, well, if I'm always rowing a 220 pace on the rower, how am I ever going to get faster in 220? At some point, I'm going to have to force myself to Bring it down to a 215. Yeah. So you have to layer in some more intensity inside the workout and force yourself, even even though it's uncomfortable, change is uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. That you're going to have to force that habit to actually get, like, to break those mental barriers of saying, now I'm proving to yourself that you can do it. Is it going to be comfortable? Hell no, it's not. No. It's going to be, it's going to hurt and it's going to be extremely uncomfortable. That's where the change starts to happen. But I also, I mean, once you go through that and you kind of like, you are uncomfortable and you see what the benefits are from that. I think that's kind of where, in my opinion, at least I get the most motivation because if I see myself improving on something and you know, it, yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But if I see the improvements and I see what the benefits are, that's going to make me want to continue doing that sit, whatever said thing it is, you know? Yeah. Um, for so absolutely. I just think that y'all kind of get so comfortable in that, whatever color it may be mm-hmm. that you literally never try to get out of it. Um, but it's kind of like we were saying earlier, you just have to be uncomfortable and get outside of that little bubble that you're in. So, yep. So kind of like I backtracking to a degree, it's first, it's building the consistency of the habits of coming, right? So yeah. you have to establish consistency and 
movement pattern, so to speak, where you know you're keeping your form correct and things like that. I was about to say. And then once you get that established, right? You're now you're consistently coming. You've gotten the form down pretty well. Now it's from there. It starts layering in more and more intensity, mm-hmm. right? And and intensity is a tool in the tool bag. And we talked about and touched on this before. Is so if you take somebody like me years ago, I hear something like that, and then. I take it and form it to a degree where if I'm in my workout, I feel like I'm not giving my best effort that I know I could possibly give. Then I completely have a meltdown mentally wise that I'm like, oh my God, I feel like shit. And um, I know I could do better in this workout. I get super flustered and frustrated, right? And that's not what we mean by that. It's giving the best effort in the current circumstances you have that day. Absolutely. You and can't go ham five days out the week. You, you, there's no way you're going to have the best performance every single day or single time that you come. But it's being realistic with yourself and saying, okay, I don't feel great today. I feel run down today. I'm just going to give the best effort that I can and whatever that is and not putting so much pressure on yourself to perform a certain way that day. Right? There are certain days of the week that you're going to feel better than others and those are great days to you know, push the boundaries, take advantage and push the boundaries by either going up in weight or um, running further in a distance, whatever it may be, if you're feeling it. But obviously there are some days that you don't. And those are days where it's just more of showing up and just giving good intention with intensity that you have for that particular session. And a lot of times what is happening is if you go with the mindset of not putting so much pressure yourself to perform a certain way, and once you get that heart rate up and you start breathing, you start feeling better, better. and you gradually pick up the intensity as the workout progresses anyways. Because there's definitely been a, many of times where you're, at least for me, that I'm working out and I feel like poo-poo going When you're warming it. up and you're going and through you motions like this. And you like, you do your first round and then you kind of start to feel it going and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I'm going, I'm going ham mm-hmm. in this workout, you know? Um, and so I definitely just think you have to feel it out and just have the intention of, hey, I'm going to warm up with the intention that I'm going to go hard. And then if you don't end up getting you like after the warm up and you know, hey, I'm not feeling it today, go about your day. Mm-hmm. You know, you just move and you get your workout in. Um, so definitely. Yeah. So for me personally, when I was competing, my best year in the way of uh, like open rankings, mm-hmm. like where I ranked in the open, my best year was 2017 and that was the year that I did the less amount of training volume than any of the years previously. Really? Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that I focused on more of intention of each session and the intensity of that session compared to just doing a bunch of shit previously in probably like other that. years, right? Like so because you know you do have to do a good amount of work if you want to be competitive in this fight this work across it, right? But I had gotten so so much volume in that it was taken away from the intensity of it. And for me personally, the year that I decided to kind of flip the script on that and said, okay, I'm not going to do as much training volume, but I'm just going to give as much intention and intensity as I can in that session with less work, end up having better results that year. Mm-hmm. Just because the fact you're putting more intention in those sessions and not just, like you said, going through the motions not and, spinning four and going like 60, 70%, maybe yeah. 80% and never really pushing the envelope. Right, not every day was it the the greatest, you know, work I could have done on my peak performance day. No, but I gave as much attention as I could that day. Mm-hmm. Right, and just having that mindset of like just keep pushing, just keep moving, regardless of what the result is, is gave me the best results that year in any open I ever did. And I think that's something that people kind of get misunderstood about it is like if a lot of people come in because I feel like a lot of people come into the gym and if they're not feeling it that day, mm-hmm. they just give up. 
you know, they're going to just kind of, and that's, and that's how it was a year prior to that. Literally. Like in 2016, like if I just felt like I wasn't, it was, wasn't my day or I just didn't feel good, then I would just hang it up. Yeah. Right. And instead of, and then that once I kind of realized what I was doing, I was like, I got to cut that shit out. And even though I might get in the workout and I know this isn't the best performance, it didn't matter. Just like shut the hell up in your head and just focus on what breathing and staying moving and if you got to slow down a little bit to stay moving, then do that, right? Don't get so wrapped up into, I have to do this thing and broken. I have to lift this. I have to, you know, do X amount of reps of, you know, touch and go power snatches. It's just whatever happens, happens. Give as much intention as you can. And wherever the cars falls, wherever the cars fall, wherever your score is, whatever your score is. Absolutely. I, I, like I was kind of saying, like, it's just having that attention, kind of like you're saying, is like, you come in, you don't feel it still come in and like try your best for that day you mm-hmm. know? um because i think if you just come in here and you're not feeling it and you kind of give up on that workout and you're just kind of saying oh i'm just gonna sweat today i don't necessarily think that i always think you probably go a little bit harder than you think mm-hmm. you know well so, like you said before a lot of times you feel better as you get going into it yeah. and nine percent of the of the results are just showing up absolutely so <clears throat> let me ask you this when do you think more volume is appropriate. So let's say maybe they've established coming in five times a week. They're pretty consistent now coming in five times a week. When would you consider volume being something as a positive? As a positive? Um, I, th- I would say like after you are pretty comfortable going into like your, your dark place or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, okay, and you're getting comfortable and let's say you're doing purple pretty day in and day out at that point or brown, whatever the color may be. Um, and you kind of feel like you've hit like a little, I wouldn't say like plateau maybe, um, but like you feel like you haven't had any improvements. I would say that would maybe be the time for you to kind of maybe start adding in a little bit more volume or maybe adding in like an extra strength piece or maybe a conditioning mm-hmm. piece or whatever it may be. Um, but I kind of, this kind of, I think about intensity and volume, it's almost like a teeter-totter situation um, because you can't go intense five days out the week, right? But you can be pretty intense maybe on a Monday and then say Tuesday, maybe you do a little bit more volume. So maybe, for instance, let's say you do like a 20-minute workout on Tuesday, okay? But you're not going hard. You're kind of sitting right at like zone two and you're just kind of working on volume. Maybe it's an EMOM, for instance. Mm-hmm. EMOMs are a great way to build volume. Um, and then Wednesday, you come back and you hit some intensity. Um, so I would say I would say a good mix between the two is probably, in my opinion, probably the best way. Mm-hmm. So having you a day of intensity and say you went pretty hard the day before, I would say that next day, maybe just try to add a little bit more volume, but maybe not go as hard. Yeah. Um, so having that little teeter-totter situation going on right there. So like in my opinion, for instance, it would be... If I'm trying to, which is a prime example for most people of, I want to try to get better pull-ups or get a pull-up, right? Well, that means I'm probably going to have to air in a little extra volume into my weekly schedule of working out to then achieve that X goal of getting a pull-up or a handsome push-up, right? So I come in my five times a week, I do my workout, my conditioning piece, I do the class, and then I might spend 10 to 15 minutes twice a week now working on getting my pull up right by doing you know strict work or rows or curls things of that nature to then layer in more volume to achieve a pull up pull right up. or if i need to try to get double unders where okay 
we might do double unders every other week here at the gym, and that's not enough volume for you personally to, to get guy. better at double unders or get double unders, right? So I'm gonna have to layer in maybe a little bit more volume to practice the rhythm of the double unders, right? But when it comes to conditioning itself, I think to a degree with most people here, I think a lot of it has to do with not being intent intent enough. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think that we are, you know, tired or exhausted. A lot of times that's, you know, between the ears and working on getting uncomfortable more often between the ears and understanding that I'm going to be okay. I think a lot of times we get in maybe to that uncomfortable stage and then we back off out of the uncomfortable stage where it's like, okay, now I feel more comfortable and I can kind of camp out here a little bit better. And usually it's just getting uncomfortable a little bit more and more often and being mentally okay with that. So being comfortable, being uncomfortable being more uncomfortable. often. I think a lot of times people, they they get uncomfortable and they immediately back off because they're like, I don't like that. I'm going to get away from that because it's danger, right? Mm-hmm. And the people who usually can sustain a little bit better are the people who have are have built the time in that uncomfortable spot and more comfortable in that uncomfortable spot, so to yeah. speak. I would say so. Um, and kind of like you're saying, I definitely think it's goal-specific and kind of like sure. what your goals are. Um, I think that's probably, in my opinion, probably one of the biggest things because if your goal is to get your first pull-up, you're obviously going to have to put in a lot of volume, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you don't have a pull-up, you're going to have to put in a lot of extra volume and build that strength up before you get your pull-up. Um, but if you're somebody that, let's say, I would say, put it it's like this, Fran's a good example in my opinion. So if you have somebody doing Fran, okay, let's say they're one rep max thruster, maybe he's like, 135. 135, okay? And they're doing 95-pound thrusters 45 times. That's not going to happen. That's not going to be a good time for them. That's a lot of volume, you know? Um, And so if you were able to maybe lighten the load up to, let's say, like 75 pounds, okay? Now you're kind of pushing that intensity a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and you're actually getting the stimulus for that workout. Um, So I definitely think it's goal-driven and goal-specific. And Volume and intensity, they both play a huge role in those goals. Um, it's just kind of knowing when to use which one. Yeah, I think I think probably the better way to say it is if you have a specific type of goal for a particular movement, that's probably when volume is probably more appropriate. Mm-hmm. When it comes to conditioning in the way of improving your CrossFit workouts, I think understanding that intensity to those sessions is probably going to be a little bit more advantageous. So for instance, if I want to improve upon my running in my Metcons, right, my workouts, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go run. I'm going to run a mile every single day. Well, if you just run a mile, let's say it takes you 18 minutes to run the mile, then you're that's not going to translate over to your workouts, right? Mm-hmm. You're just going out there and burning some more calories, which is fine if that's something that you just want to do, if that's something that you just like to go out there and run and jog and kind of have that sense of that runner's high, then that's fine. But if you're running with the intention of, I'm doing this so it ends me to get faster in my workouts, then I'm going to have to run, a bit. run hard. I'm going to have to have intention behind the run, intensity behind my running sessions. I just can't go out there and... If I'm always running an eight-minute mile, I'm always going to run an eight-minute eight mile. mile. At some point in time, I'm going to have to train intervals of 200s, 400s, 600s, 800s 
at a faster than mile pace at an intensity level that I'm not used to for my body to adapt to a now faster mile time, right? The same thing if I do, if I want to get a 300 pound back squat, if I'm always squatting 185 pounds with the same amount of volume and same as like intensity, then I'm never going to see my back squat, my back squat increase. I'm going to have to layer in more volume with that and more intensity with those sessions to then obviously get to that 300-pound back squat, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's the main main principle of it is is when it comes to volume versus intensity, if somebody just goes and runs, it's, you're going to have to – and you want to improve with running, you're going to have to layer the intensity to do that. Sure. Okay. Sure. So I think we've uh, <laughs> talked about that in, in pretty good depth. Pretty good depth. <laughs> I don't think we've missed anything in there, so to speak. So the biggest takeaway is first, honestly, being consistent with your workouts. If you're somebody who – is not consistently coming in, you know, four to five times a week. That is your first goal is just showing up and being consistently coming in all the time. And once that habit is now set and your movement patterns are also in a good set range where you're squatting at a what good form, deadlifting good form, things as well. Like technique I can't like, layer an intensity to my yeah. form good. That's not how that works, right? Like if I did overhead squats and always try to layer more intensity, overhead squat is not form is not there, I can't layer intensity yet. Okay. That has to be kind of the gateway to get to intensity is consistency, form and positioning, and then intensity in that in that order right there. And then once those things are all established, then intensity becomes the primary thing, which I think most of you guys fall into that boat of not doing more, but doing what you're doing better. Yes. Like actually having that intention of getting better every yeah. single day, no matter, like you said, like we were saying earlier, having that intention of getting better every day, even if you are run down, give your effort for the day. Yeah. You Not know? more is better. Better is better. Better is better. And more intention in the sessions that you're doing every single day and giving as much intention and detail as you can in those sessions. And then if you have a specific goal in mind of getting better at pull-ups or get a handstand push-up or double unders or a bar muscle-up, then that's going to require maybe a little bit of volume that you have to incorporate outside of class, maybe twice a week, depending mm-hmm. on what that goal is. And then putting obviously intention into those sessions as well. But that obviously all comes with time. That all doesn't happen at one time, depending on where your goal is and where you currently start at. That's kind of our, our progressions for you kind of going forward. So hopefully that kind of, hopefully gave you a little bit of nuggets into, you know, our thought process. Maybe a couple little treats. Yep. And how, uh, you know, our thought process is how to get there and whatnot. If you guys have any questions, definitely let us know. And just kind of wrap things up. Make sure you guys go and register for the Open Find You a Partner. Uh, remember, the first workout will start on February the 25th. And that will run for three weeks of the Open Workouts. And then that fourth week, we'll have that in-person partner-style workouts. We'll have two workouts that day. The goal is to start somewhere around 8 a.m. that morning. And ending somewhere around noontime is the goal. Uh, obviously, we'll have a better understanding of how long it'll take once we have all the teams registered up. Uh, our goal is to get 50 teams registered. Uh, if you're somebody who is not interested in participating in the Open, definitely let us know because we're going to need some judges for that Saturday. So definitely hit us up. In the meantime, we'll see you guys around. See you all later. Later.